So today's passage uh, should sound familiar to your ears, okay? If you've been paying attention in the last few weeks, we've been reading from uh, John chapter 6. Um, and it's, it's a beautiful passage. And the part that we're going to try to focus on today, um, because it's a big passage, um, is the very first part, which Jesus says, Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life. When Jesus says this statement, and if you look at like kind of all the other readings, a way to summarize what the theme is or what the center of the readings are today is Jesus telling the people, choose life. Choose life. And if you remember in, if you remember in like the Old Testament, okay, in the Old Testament, there was uh, instruction basically given to Moses, okay, to give to the people. And it was God basically telling the people, you have two ways, you have two options. There's a way of death and there's a way of life. And it's almost like you can hear God kind of like begging with the people. And he's saying, please, 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 choose life. And that's all the readings of today. If you're paying attention kind of like in the, in the Matins Gospel. Jesus says that basically yeah, he is the light of the world. And he says that the darkness that's in the world, that people have this darkness, but he doesn't want them to have this darkness. He wants them to believe in him and to come to the light so that they can have light. Again, choosing life. The Pauline and, and the Catholic epistle today are about, all about warnings of people who had life, were in the way of life, but then ended up choosing death. Okay, that's kind of the, the theme there as well. And then if anybody remembers the Acts, um, there's somebody who was preaching. Okay, who's preaching in Acts? St. Paul was preaching in Acts, and then somebody fell asleep. Eutychus, okay. So again, he had life right in front of him. Didn't want to listen to the preacher. Okay, or the preacher was going a little bit long. And then Eutychus, it says like he died, but then Paul raised him up again. Everything centered around the readings of today is about choosing life, choosing life. And that's why Jesus says, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. As I was reading this, I was thinking to myself, this warning giving, if Jesus is giving this warning to non-believers, it makes sense. Like non-believers, he's telling them, hey, there's two options in this world. There's death and there's life. There's death and there's life. Choose life. That makes sense. But as you're going through the rest of the readings, the warnings are not to non-believers. The warnings are actually to the people of God. The warnings are for the people of God. It's not for people that are out there. <clears throat> and this is really important. Because if you were to ask me, the people that were with Jesus during the feeding of the 5,000 in John chapter 6. They were fed. And it was miraculous. Nobody could deny that it was miraculous. Did they believe in him? We would say yes, they did. Right? They wanted to make him king. Like They believed something. They believed that he was special. Right? Like last week we read that this is the prophet that is to come into the world. They believed something about him. But then all of a sudden, they went from believing in him to complaining and murmuring about him. Like almost... From one day to another. Like it wasn't even, it was like a short period of time. Same thing with the people in the Old Testament. You know, when, when Moses is telling them, do this, and this is the teaching, and whatever, and like kind of his final thing for them, they're saying, whatever you tell us to do, we're going to do. Whatever you tell us to do, we're going to do, we're going to do, we're going to do. But in the end, they get distracted. I think the key for us, what I want to focus on today together, is the reason that we tend to not choose life is because we get distracted in life. We get distracted. We get distracted. We know what God says we should do. We know how God calls us to live. 
But then things happen, and we just get distracted. People in the Old Testament, they're a great like, case study. Okay, the people, and that's actually how the New Testament treats the people in the Old Testament. They're a great case study for us. Because they had everything. They, had the, they, they were set free. God fed them food in the wilderness. He gave them water. Like He did everything for them. He protected them. He did everything for them. They had everything. But once they just got distracted here a little bit, and distracted a little bit more, and distracted a little bit more, next thing you know, we're reading about them worshiping idols. Okay, like, it went from with God to here. And you're like, how does this happen? I think that happens gradually. I don't think that happens, and that's my son, by the way, so nobody worry. Okay, so. so I think that happens gradually. I don't think that's like an overnight thing. I don't think people go from believing in God and choosing life and focused on God to all of a sudden completely away from God. I don't think that's how that works. I think it happens gra- gradually. An easy way to see this is if I was to ask any of us, and myself included, what are our priorities in life? Okay, if I said, what, what's your priorities in life? What are you trying to get out of life? What, what are your goals? You would say, one of our priorities, my relationship with God. That's a priority in life. Another priority, maybe for those with family, like my, my, my spouse, my kids, those are my priorities. My friendships, my values, those are my priorities. Those are things I care about. Those are things that I'm focused on. But then sometimes, when we look at our actual life, not at what we say is important, the things are very different. Like, what happened? Like I say... Family is really important, but I'm really stressed out about my job. And I'm focused on my job, and my job is the number one thing for me with myself, like what's going on in my life. My spouse, I love my spouse, care about my spouse, I want to focus on my spouse. But really, all our interactions are either logistical, or I'm just like, you know what, like, yeah, like I just kind of want to do what's best for me, and it's kind of selfish. We say certain things are important, but we get distracted along the way. Recently, Sherry was um, driving my car. Okay, so Sherry, Sherry, I have like a sedan, and Sherry doesn't like the sedan, so she hates driving my car. But she was driving my car recently, and she comes back and she tells me, hey, you know that your car, like, it goes to the left, like the alignment thing is off. And I was like, no, it's not. Like, it's totally fine. Like, what are you talking about? She's like, no, no, like, you're driving the car, like, it goes, it veers to the left. I'm like, it's totally fine. Like, I've driven a car a thousand times, it's totally fine. Who do you think is right in the equation? You're supposed to say the priest. Okay, you're supposed to say the priest. Shame on you. Shame on you. Of course it's Sherry. Okay, Sherry's right in the equation. So Sherry's right. Why? Because she got into the car, and it's like her first experience in the car, and she's focused, and she's like, oh, what's, this doesn't feel right. I got into the car a thousand times. I'm used to the thing. I just go to the right. Like, I'm used to the thing going to the left. I just go to the right. Like, it's no big deal. To me, it's like, hey, it's like, whatever. Like, it's just how the car operates. The car likes to go to the left, so I just go to the right. Okay? That's kind of us in life. The more we get used to the distractions, the distractions, we think we're fine. But really, I'm just distracted here and distracted here and distracted here. And what I need to do is to come back to the center and focus. This is why the church is so wise to give us like different seasons in the church. And this is why the church gives us sacraments that we participate in to help us recenter. Okay? That's every, I tell people like every Sunday, no matter what's going on in your life, just show up on church on Sundays. Like, no matter what's going on in your life, just show up on church on Sundays. Because the church is wise, saying, it's craziness out there. It's whatever, it's whatever. Let's recenter. Sundays is for recentering. Repentance, confession is for recentering, refocusing. 
the different seasons of the church have different themes and meanings. I was just sharing yesterday with a group during our ancient faith class. And I was saying, you know, for me, like, tomorrow we're starting the fast of Jonah. It's a three-day fast. And the fast of Jonah is a beautiful fast in the church. But here's the thing. Every season is not the same. It's not just like, uh, no more food. Like, that's not the approach. The approach is, what is the theme? What did Jonah go and do? Jonah went and preached to a people so that they would repent. Okay, reluctantly, but he did it. Okay. So maybe it's for us, like this season, the church is focusing us. This is what Jonah did. Is there anybody in your life maybe that you're praying for, right? Is there anybody in your life that you want to put on your heart, to put before God to say, hey Lord, this person really needs you, okay? Like, not in a judgment way, like this person needs repentance, but this person kind of seems out of it, they seem lost, they need kind of that recentering. The church does this for us as long as we're participating in what the church has to offer. The question for us and when I look at the, the John chapter 6 to me is one of the, the, the saddest chapters in the Bible, okay? Because Jesus performs a, an absolutely crazy miracle. And scholars say he fed about 20,000 people that day. He fed about 20,000 people. And you say, wow, look at the blessing of God and it's great. Within like a day, the people didn't believe in him anymore. Like Jesus did a miracle for 20,000 people. And 24 or 48 hours later, whatever it is, people didn't believe in him anymore. And he said, how can that be? Because Jesus said... Choose life, and I am the bread of life, and focus here. But instead, distraction. Well, we don't want that bread of life. We want this bread. And he says, don't labor for that bread. Don't worry about that bread. No, no, but that's what we want. Just focus. Choose life. And the people just couldn't do it. The question for me and you is how do we go through life without getting distracted so often? Because if we're being honest, this is all of us. All of us get distracted. You're walking with God. You're faithful. You're trying to do your best. And then... A situation happens. Somebody gets sick. Right? Somebody gets sick. And it's a tough situation. And you're struggling to understand why God. I don't get it. And the more we go in that direction and, and again kind of getting distracted, the more, and I haven't recentered myself, I can get lost in that. You're going through life and somebody at work is really making your life miserable. Okay? Somebody at life is making your life like just the worst, like the person giving you a really hard time. And again, you can get distracted and anxious and angry and bitter and unforgiving. Or recenter and refocus. The key, I think, for us is to have systems in place that help us refocus. And there's systems already instilled in the church, but for us, again, to participate in that. So the first thing I wrote down is being vigilant, okay? Not in a paranoid kind of way, not in a paranoid kind of way, but periodically assessing where I'm at, where I'm at in my life. Let me look at what I say is important in my life, let me look at my priorities, and let's see how I'm doing, okay? This is not to make us feel terrible, but it's to say, hey, maybe I just need to, the car alignment thing, it's the same thing. Maybe I just need to shift a little bit more. I need to refocus. I think the way we do this is that we actually schedule time in our day or in our calendar, whatever it may be, that we do this, that we, we focus on, okay, I say my kids are important. I say my spouse is important. I say my friends. I say my church life. I say my relationship with God is important. How am I doing? Okay? And this is the perfect time to do it. You know why this is the perfect time to do it? Because we've all failed at our New Year's resolutions. Okay? So now is the perfect time to do it. Now is the perfect time, especially as we're gearing up into Lent. Lent is kind of like a reset okay, in the church. Is, you know what? Now is the perfect time to do it. The second thing I wrote down is once I assess kind of how things are, is that I don't get complacent. That was the, that was the biggest warning for the people in the Old Testament. 
when God said, I'm going to give you this land, and when I give you this land, you're going to be tempted to think that you got the land yourself. You're going to be tempted to live in luxury and forget all about me. They got complacent in their spiritual life with God. And the question for us is, am I getting complacent in an area of my life? Maybe it's not my relationship with God. Maybe it is, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's my, again, relationship at home. Maybe it's friends. Maybe it's whatever. I don't know. But am I getting complacent? So once I've assessed and I'm vigilant and I'm looking at what my priorities say, like what I say is important versus where my focus tends to be, then I can assess where things are and then I can take steps to actually make a difference. Ultimately, our desire and our goal in life, okay, when we say like, for all of us, our number one thing is our relationship with God, okay? Our number one thing is our relationship with God. If we say that that's the most important thing in our life, our desire is to continue to grow in that. To continue to desire to love God more and more. So if I feel like I got complacent or something is off, I need to do something. Sometimes, when we hear like today's gospel or, or messages like this, there's a temptation to fall to two extremes. The two extremes are, I'm fine, everything's great, I'm perfect. Okay, that's one extreme. The other extreme is, nothing is fine. Everything is chaos, and I've become paranoid. Okay? I don't think either extreme is healthy. But the question for us, like the goal is neither of those things. The goal is to assess the reality of my life. When Jesus says, don't labor for the things that perish, am I doing that? Like, let's, not, let's just not hear words. Let's ask ourselves, am I doing that? Am I distracted? Am I focusing on things that actually aren't leading to my spiritual life? Am I focusing on things that actually lead... To spiritual death. When we assess that, and when we're not afraid to go to God and we say, Lord, we need your help. Help us make changes. Help us, Lord, focus on you. Help us focus on the things that matter, the things that bring life into our lives. That's when God is able to open our hearts and work abundantly in it. St. Jude, in his Catholic epistle today, he says it this way. He says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Everything is action-focused in that statement, in that verse. It's building, it's praying, keeping yourself in the love of God. Why do we need to keep ourselves in the love of God? Because we can get distracted. That's why we need to keep ourselves. When we get distracted, 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 and you're saying, no, 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 keep yourself in the love of God. Focus on what matters. I think the message for all of us today is to be active participants in our spiritual life and in things that matter to us. To not just take life as whatever status quo and kind of just go with the routine, but to take time to pause and to, and to assess, to see what's going on. And when we do that, I truly believe when we do that, when, when our hearts are open to doing that, that's when the Holy Spirit can come and work in us day by day. It's not an overnight thing, but he can work in us day by day and help us focus and realign and make sure that we are on the right path. And glory be to God forever. Amen.